Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, but I really felt God was saying this week that he's not in the business of hurrying along. He's not in the business of just showing up, doing the necessary, and then getting out here. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to dwell with us. And what, what happened in worship was just God showing up to be with us. And I think it's the most amazing thing that he would want to spend time with us. Uh, anyway, we'll dive in because uh, we've got a little bit of scripture to unpack. And we're going to look at three words tonight. Uh, we want to look at grace, glory, and humility. Uh, but I just want to pray just before we start, uh, just that, God, we pray that, we, that you would invite you into this space. We pray that you would fill this space, Father God, and that you would come and you would speak a word in season, Father, and you would change hearts and minds in this place tonight. Jesus, you are Lord of our lives. You are Lord of this place. Be glorified tonight in your holy name. Amen. Right, so we are going to go to Second Corinthians, uh, chapter twelve, verses seven to nine. Uh, Corinthians is a, an interesting book. It was written by Paul as a, a series of letters. So it was actually four letters. Uh, first Corinthians is actually the second letter. The first letter got lost. Nobody knows where it went. <laughs> uh, there was a third letter which also got lost, and then there was a fourth letter, which is what we call Second Corinthians. <laughs> Nobody knows exactly what was in the first and the third letter, but we can only guess that they weren't divinely inspired by God and considered scripture. <laughs> so that's fine, because neither was Paul's shopping list, so <laughs> we'll work with what we've got. <laughs> right, Second Corinthians, which is really Fourth Corinthians, uh, <laughs> chapter 12 verse 7 uh, right I'll t- hold on I'll grab my bible <laughs> leather bound gold engraving on the front here large text at the top small text at the bottom wow this is a nice bible anybody else got their bibles tonight <laughs> A phone and a, and a Bible app. doesn't really compare, does it? Wow. There's not even enough space for it in the iPad. Although your one, you can change the fonts and stuff. Can't do anything with this. But the size of it, just it's magnificent. But uh, Corinthians, uh, Paul's speaking about pride. And... Uh, it's a human condition, pride. We all feel pride. And Paul's saying that even he felt pride. And pride is comparing what we've got with what somebody else has got. Yeah. And finding faults if theirs is better. Or finding a bit of joy in having something better than somebody else. If ours is bigger, ours is better. Whatever it is. It's been standing and saying, compared to yours, mine's is much better. The Corinthian church was a pretty dodgy church, probably the worst church. (laughs) That's why he had to write four letters. (laughs) The first and the third one was like, you stupid idiots. (laughs) That's why he didn't make it to the Bible. Anyway, it's it's natural to say, look at mine, look at what I've got. 
compare, but it's an absolute waste of time. Pride will waste your life. And uh, it's sneaky, pride. It slips up from you from when you're not looking. I had a funny one. We were um, doing some work in our house, or we were wanting to do some work in our house, right? So one of the parts of the things that we fancied changing was getting a new bed. So we've got, uh, our bedroom's not massive, but it's like long and thin, so it's a funny kind of shape. We just fit a double bed in without opening the door. But uh, I, I got my tape measure out and I looked and I thought, you know what, we could fit a king-size bed in if instead of opening the door this way, we open the door this way. So one night when Cat was out, <laughs> me and the boys got together, we got the drill, we got the screws, we got the chisel, we took the door off the hinges, we swapped the handle about, we put it back on. It was amazing. Instead of the door opening this way, the door opens this way. I measured again, king-size bed would fit perfectly. I was so chuffed. And then it got dark. We went up to go to bed. We opened the door. I went to switch the light on. The stupid light switch is on the other side of the door. (laughs) (laughs) That's useless. We can fit a king-size bed, but we can't put light on. (laughs) But I've got a plan. I'm going to cut a wee hatch in the door, and then you'll just be able to (laughs) just poke poke through it, and it'll be fine. I think it'll be all right. But you see, I, I wasn't thinking about the light switch when I changed the door. I was thinking about the king-size bed. Yeah. And that's what life's like. We think about work. We think about family. We, yeah. think we, we, we blinkers on and go in one direction, yeah. and something else sneaks up behind us, and yeah. pride sneaks up. Pride can sneak up. Yeah. Yeah. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's speaking about pride. And there's good news and there's bad news. So, but we'll read it first, and then we'll, we'll get the damage. <laughs> Uh, verse 7 so to keep me from becoming conceited which is proud and boastful because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations a thorn was given to me in the flesh a messenger of satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited three times i pleaded with the lord about this that i should leave me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you my power is made perfect in weakness so the good news It's his grace is sufficient. His grace is all fulfilling. And instead of boasting in what we have and what we can do, his grace gives us a glorious boast. Grace was a bit bit tricky. When I I started looking at grace, I wasn't really sure how to sum it up. I've heard of it described like a parent, you know, with a child. The child is maybe naughty and the, the parent gives grace they forgive them and they get on with it they put snot on the tv they puke in the car you know and the parent says that's okay that's fine and that 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 is grace uh, in a kind of weird way uh god's grace is so much greater than that the word grace comes from a greek word uh charis or harris or charis or I did Google how to pronounce it, but I didn't like the sound of the guy. So. I'll say charis, which means favor, blessing, and kindness. And the difference between biblical grace and the, the example of a parent and a child is that God knows everything. God knows all of our ins and outs. He knows all of our sin, past, present, and future. He knows our heart. He knows our motives. And still, he gives us favor, 
blessing and kindness. The free gift of grace is our glorious boast. The grace was the good news of the passage. The bad news is that his power is only made perfect in our weakness. When he chooses to fill us with his perfect power, it's when we're at our weakest. Paul goes on later in verse 10 to explain exactly what he means by weakness. And uh, it doesn't exactly make for joyful reading. (laughs) Uh, And first, what weakness isn't, weakness isn't sin. God doesn't make us perfect in our sin. We need to repent of our sin. We need to put our sin behind us and follow Jesus. The the weakness that's in verse 10, uh, if we go to verse 10, says, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So he goes on, he expands what he means. Not, not, Not a nice list. Insults? Man, it's rough. Hardships, it's hard. (laughs) Persecutions, calamities or difficulties, depending on which version you're reading in. And uh, notice the order in the last sentence. When I am weak, I am strong. Weakness first, then strength. We have to be in the place of weakness, in the place of insult, in the place of hardship, in the place of persecution. And then he steps up. He fills in the gap and he fills us with his perfect power. He says in these moments that we demonstrate his power to other people. We demonstrate his glory. It's it's funny, Kevin, you spoke about the paradoxes this this morning. It's a paradox. You've got to be weak to be strong. And there's other ones like uh, walk by faith and not by sight, give to receive, serve to reign, die to live. The Bible's full of it. It doesn't make sense to our our minds. We can't understand. Why would I be weak to be strong? I believe what Paul is saying here is the way to avoid sinful pride and boasting is to allow ourselves to be weak. Because when we're weak, we're filled with his strength. And then we boast in his strength and his grace. When we lay down our own abilities and our own uh, pride, we rely on his grace in us and his strength through us. And we can focus on God's glory and be transformed by it. Romans 5, verse 5, says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of glory of God. The glory of God is great. It's, uh, you can see the glory of God everywhere. It's, it's all around us. It's, it's in yourself. It's in your person, your body. The fact that you live and breathe, the person next to you. It's in the mountains. It's in the stars. It's, uh, it's at the beach when you look out to sea. That's everything. Yeah. It's just the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah. In, in verse 3 there, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings and in our hardships, insults and weakness, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amazing. 
the glory of God is amazing. I've got a photo uh, to show you that uh, I think shows the glory of God. It shows God off. We can show the first photo, the number one. That's, that's amazing. You see there in the back, the mountain, that's Ben Lawyer, so one still covered in snow. Just over the top, you can't really see it, but that's Ben Glass. There's a nice little lock down there. I didn't take the photo. It's an amazing photo. But I was there. I was there. If we go to the, the next photo, uh, you see, if you look real close, if I point, that's my tent right there. That, that's not me. I, I don't have a yellow T-shirt. But that's my tent. And uh, I was out in the mountains with a group of guys on a thing called an XCC, uh, which stands for Extreme Character Challenge. And it's uh, run by a, a group of people called the Fourth Musketeer, or 4M, which is why there's a four in the corner of all the photos. Don't tell them I used these photos, because <laughs> it's probably copywritten or something. Uh, but what 4M do is they take uh, guys into the mountains. Uh, once a year they go up. There was about 150 guys. They go with Christians, non-Christians, anybody can come. But they go there to meet with God. And it is extreme. They, they start, you, you're not allowed phones, you're not allowed wallets, you're not allowed food. They give you like a ration pack. Uh, they search your bags. <laughs> you don't get anything. They, they, if they catch stuff, they found some Pro Plus and some painkillers. They took them from our bags. This guy, he came up. We had 11 bags. And this guy came out. He's like, oh, I'll search three bags. He looked through three bags. And then this other guy, we've seen him in the background. He was kind of watching. He came up afterwards. He was like, no, no, that's not good enough. I want to see all your bags. Roll your sleeping bags out. Unpack everything. And it, wow. he looked at every, He was an ex-army guy. It turned out he was Prince Harry's commanding officer in, <laughs> in the army. And he was like down the line. Get open, empty your bags. It was rough. <laughs> it was really rough. For, uh, for three days you go out. You, that was a Thursday night. We came back on the Sunday. And for those three days, you are at the mercy of the instructors. They, you don't have a map. You only go to checkpoints where they tell you to go. You have no idea how long you're going to be going because you don't have a watch. You don't have your phone. The, the, the second day is called the endless day. <laughs> see if you've got young kids you probably know what an endless day is like already but uh, this is an endless day of walking all day through rough terrain no idea where you're going to camp that's where we ended up camping it was worth it in the end because that's what it was like when we woke up amazing absolutely stunning uh, but it was brutal and sometimes it's got to get brutal to get beautiful and uh, if we go to the next one we'll see uh, another amazing shot. If you see on the, on the right-hand side there, they're setting up a cross just at the top of the mountain. Just out in the mountains glorifying God wow. for three days. Wow. And it, I think we've got one more. That's us. There's me on the right-hand side. See that beard? That's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the rest of my team, 11 guys, uh, standing in a freezing cold river. Hadn't eaten for like two days. Walked for more than 30 hours by this point absolutely exhausted but just you can't see it in the picture obviously but just up to your right is Ben Lawyers just up to your left was the other mountain with a cross on it and we were just out there having a great time surrounded by the glory of God on display and when we were in that point there 
probably our, one of our lowest points of, of the whole trip, God shows up. God speaks to you. God meets you in your weakness. When we're most stripped back, no phone, no, no chance of giving up. They take your car keys. You can't even, you could probably, you could find the car if you walked for long enough. They take your car keys. You can't go. Hardship and difficulty is unavoidable. But when we humble ourselves in hardship, when we humble ourselves in our weakness, he makes us strong. When we rely on his strength, he uses us to shine through. Psalm 147 verse 6 says, The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. And Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34 in the Amplified Version says, Though he scoffs at scoffers and scorns scorners, he gives grace, his undeserved favor, to the humble, those who give up self-importance. Self-importance is just another way of saying pride, when we put too much importance on ourselves. I was looking for some quotes on pride. I found a Chuck Swindle one, which I thought quite summed it up quite nice, but it's got some words that I had to Google in it. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll try and explain them as best I can. Religion says be good and conform yourself. Epicureanism, which is uh, like make yourself happy, do whatever you want and you'll be happy says be sensuous satisfy yourself education says be resourceful and expand yourself psychology says be confident and assert yourself materialism says be possessive and please yourself ascetism which as far as i could figure out is like buddhism kind of ignore yourself don't listen to your own kind of thing Uh, it says be lowly and suppress yourself humanism says be capable and believe in yourself Pride says be superior and promote yourself. Christ says be unselfish and humble yourself. Our highest authority is Christ. And what Christ says, I want to be. If Christ says be unselfish and be humble, I want to be unselfish and be humble. If Christ says in weakness I am strong, I want to be weak so that I can show him strong. If Christ says my grace is sufficient for you, his grace is all I need. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to, to sum up with, a, with finding a biblical character who showed off pride. And I, I googled, uh, well, I didn't google, I looked in my topical Bible to find somebody. And there was loads of them. I could, I, honestly, I, I could hardly choose. There was Daniel, there was Joseph, there was David. There was a couple of names I didn't recognize. There was Isaiah, John the Baptist. But uh, in all my looking, I found a name that jumped out. Mephibosheth. (laughs) (laughs) You saw it coming. You knew it was coming. Jamie knew it was coming. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Mephibosheth. It's it's, it's not a difficult... You've just got to lean into the vowels. Mephibosheth. (laughs) Uh, He was a guy in in the Old Testament. He was Jonathan's son. Uh, King Saul's grandson and I kind of stole this story from uh, John Mark Macmillan Uh, any John Mark Macmillan fans? yeah, great Live at the Night album deluxe version so you get the added dialogue in between he he tells this story uh, because it's a great story Uh, 
he was, like I said, Jonathan's son, a grandson to Saul. And in 2 Samuel, uh, is where you find it, he, he gets introduced to a five-year-old boy uh, living away from his family because Jonathan and Saul are away fighting the Philistines. And word gets back to his carer that Saul and Jonathan have been killed in battle. And the next stop for the Philistines is to find any relatives of Jonathan and Saul and to kill them as well. So the nurse, or his, his carer, this woman, picks him up and starts running for his life. And at some point, she drops him or she falls on him or something bad happens and he breaks both of his legs and he's crippled for life. At that point, his life is as good as over. There's no other options for him. He can't work. He can't support a family, which would come at some point. He probably uh, ends up begging on the streets because that's all he's got. Years later down the line, David, now king, misses his best friend Jonathan and he wants to do something to honour his family line. So he searches for any living relative of Jonathan and he finds Mephibosheth in a place called Lodabar, which translated means land of nothing. This guy was crippled, begging, lived in a place called land of nothing. But David found him, brought him. He was brought to King David and he humbly bowed before him. Second Samuel 9 verse 7 says, David said to him, do not fear for I will show kindness to you for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all of the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. The story shows how redemption is available to everyone who humbly comes and bows before the king. And now, Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king of kings. And when we humble ourselves before him, he fills us with his perfect power. He makes us a promise that we will always have a seat at his table. Not because of what we are, not because of what we've done, not because of what we have, but because of who our father is. No matter what our history, no matter what yesterday was to us, no matter how crippled we are today, Jesus offers us a seat at his table. That's amazing, isn't it? Let's, let's stand, please, just as we finish. I'd, I'd like to ask the band to come back up if I could. I really feel like we should praise God because he's worthy of all glory, of all honor, and of all praise. Romans 8 verse 17 says, If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. If you have not accepted Christ tonight, then now's your moment. Now's your chance when he's right here, ready for you to humbly bow in front of him. And even if, even if you have said something along these lines before, maybe if you could just repeat after me anyway, because this, we, 
we can always honor him more. We can always humble ourselves more. If we just close our eyes and repeat after me, Jesus, we see you tonight, high and lifted up, seated on the throne. Please come and fill us. We humble ourselves before you. We acknowledge that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Please save our lives. Be Lord of our lives. Be Lord of our today. Be Lord of our tomorrow. Jesus, we pray that you would use us as your instrument. In your holy name. Amen. like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.